ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present The Killer Bees. Definitely a fan of The Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here comes the fastest three hours in Houston sports radio. Here's Joe Blank and Jeremy Branham. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up. Ooh, what up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? He's Blank. I'm Branham. It's the assistant to the regional manager and Queen Bee, Joe George, behind the glass. It is a taco to my invention, a taco Tuesday edition of the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Was it you that stole the diet sunkissed? The what? I think Creighton was saying that somebody stole his diet sunkissed. I don't drink diet sodas. It'll kill you. It causes cancer. Creighton drinks like three a show. I wouldn't touch, dare touch his. Normally, they're overly caffeinated. Normally, they're like double Mountain Dew diets and Dr. Pepper diets. I think he's working on a Sunkist today. Or sun, does Sunkist have caffeine? None. I don't think Sunkist has caffeine. Maybe maybe he saves the caffeine for afternoon? I don't know. Normally, no when idea. he's doing Polly show, he's got three of them lined up, three different kinds lined up on the on the desk. It was nice to have the seat warm, though. Usually, oh, I bet it was. Usually, usually the seat's not warm when I get here. It was I nice to have the seat chair. warm. Yeah, yeah, because Polly usually sits in your chair. Yeah. So usually, this chair has been uh, no one sat Alienated. in it since Granado. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's been two hours. Uh, so usually, it's nice and cool. Today, it's warm. It's good to have the seat warmed up. Uh, Admiral says Sunkist has caffeine. The That's more it. you know. I had, know I had no idea that Sunkist. I haven't. I haven't had a Sunkist since I was six. So it's good to know that Sunkist has caffeine. Probably should have had it when I was six if it had caffeine. Now that I think about it, um, I guess that uh, I guess that I won. By the way, you won what? The old rivalry of the station. I think I. I, I think I won. What did you win? I, I'm the last survivor. I think I'm the winner of what? Think about it. The Stu's Branham rivalry. I think Branham's the, the survivor here. <laughs> I think I've won. Well, yeah. I think we can call it. I have declared myself the, the winner. Last man standing. Last man standing. It was, it was a survivor bet. <laughs> like, I won. So you are standing, and the the the, the, the big one of the big hitters yeah, the has big struck out. The big the, yeah. the, mighty, the mighty Casey has struck out. The mighty Cody yeah. has struck out. Yeah, the big the big boys. Yeah, yeah. I've I think I've won. I think I've won. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. He's the only won. one that you really. Well, I mean, the guy that just left already made reference to the fact that he was trying to be nice to you. I'm like, what, why wouldn't you be? Well, it's That's not because you guys. For him. <laughs> yeah, because you guys have a little Twitter spat going every now I, and then. I I do not. Uh, you'll notice that I very rarely, almost never, almost never will I engage to someone else's tweet with a counter opinion. Almost never. Now, if they step into my mentions, then. You know, gloves off. Um, it's okay. trade season, Blankers. Yeah. It is silly season in Major League Baseball. There's rumors out there. We saw it over the weekend, too. Dana Brown has kicked the tires on Stroman and Bellinger. He should. He's a general manager in Major League Baseball that's supposed to be a buyer come trade deadline. You should be kicking the tires on literally everybody. See what the price is on literally everybody that could be on the market. That's just a general manager doing his due diligence. No question. I mean, we talked about this. You know, it's one thing to say when guys get released and there's no nothing that you have to give up to at least see if there's something that you can get out of a player that's played Major League Baseball before. And that's something you should do, too. But you should leave no stone unturned every single opportunity you get to try and make your team better and acquire a player that can help you 
in areas of your deficiencies. And, and I think there's obviously some that we've pointed out, and we did it yesterday in terms of the three major targets of interest for the Astros should be, and depends on your order, a bat, probably, preferably a left-handed corner outfielder, uh, the pitching staff, the starting pitcher, and then the relief pitcher, preferably a left-hander. So there's plenty of opportunities to make this team better, and he should be basically knocking on all doors, making all calls, and trying to get any inroads to get every bit of information and target guys that he wants to get to make this team better. Yeah, I mean, he's doing due diligence, what a general manager should do. Now, Joe is a Chicago fan. He usually prefers the, the Southsiders versus the Northsiders. So we'll get Joe to play along here in a second. I will say that we know what Cody Bellinger said about the Houston Astros. Mm -hmm. He said that uh, Jose Altuve stole an MVP from Judge. Mookie Betts stole an MVP from Mike Trout. No one ever mentions that for whatever reason. I can't imagine why nobody mentions the fact that Mookie Betts stole an MVP from Mike Trout in 2018. I I personally don't care about feelings. I, I think that that's pretty obvious. Like I don't care about the players' feelings. I don't care about cutting a player. Like At the end of the day borrow that phrase from Dana Brown, it's about winning. It's about winning and doing whatever you can to put your organization, your team, in a position to win. So I don't really care about the hurt feelings of the fan base if Cody Bellinger's traded to the Houston Astros. I don't care what Carlos Correa might think. There is only one person that if I'm Dana Brown, I'm, I'm in his shoes, that I'm asking if we can bring in Cody Bellinger. And to be honest, the Astros, really more Luno, they had a... Uh, I don't know if I'll call it a reputation because it was kind of like one lone incident. Maybe it was one bad actor. They traded for Roberto Osuna. Like, Roberto Osuna was a problem. Roberto Osuna, when he was traded for, was something that stirred up a lot of emotion when it came to acquiring somebody that had been involved in domestic abuse, whether it's somebody tweeting out every time he's brought into a game, whether it's the Tobman stuff that happened in the locker room after the ALCS. That was an issue. That was a problem. If the Astros are trading for Cody Bellinger, the only person I care about in the clubhouse, I only the only person I care for their opinion is Jose Altuve. Mm-hmm. I am calling up Jose Altuve. If I'm Dana Brown, I'm saying, Jose, we're, ta- we're thinking about making an offer for Cody Bellinger. Are you okay with that? If Jose Altuve tells me no, okay, I'm not, I'm not trading for Cody Bellinger. That's how much I think of Jose Altuve and, and what he means to that clubhouse. If Jose Altuve tells me to go for it, I am not asking anybody else's opinion. That is the only opinion that I need. Yeah, I'm with you. And particularly because, like you said, some of the bigger, more vocal names or guys that were truly in the middle of it, like a Correa with a Bellinger, are gone. Lance McCullers, in my mind, is gone. He's gone for the rest of the year. He's not a guy, no matter how much we hear from him, we go back and forth with the soap opera and everything else, he's not a guy that's going to have an impact on this team the rest of the season. And so I don't need his opinion standing in the way of a chance to upgrade this team. You're right. The one guy that is the not so vocal unless he has to be, and he does it all quietly behind closed doors, but the one guy that deserves the respect and to be involved in the conversation is Jose Altuve. He is your leader. And if he comes to you and says, and I'm sure he'll get the pulse of some of the players in this locker room, Mm -hmm. because remember with the Osuna uh, case that you bring up, it was McCullers, it was Verlander, it was a select group of guys that were old, you know, veteran guys that, had a voice and used it a lot. You're not in the same situation anymore. I I can see Bregman being in the conversation because he was there, but it all starts and ends with Altuve. And if Altuve wants to consult with Bregman and it wants to be, you know, further down the road with some veterans, I get it. Mm -hmm. 
But as long as Altuve comes back to you as the voice of the team and says we're cool, then guts do it. Yeah, maybe maybe it's Altuve saying I'll get back to you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like it, that's fine. Hey, that, that's fine. I need you to tell me if it's okay. Um, asking on the Twitch, Rare Candy says not Bregman. No, I don't care about Alex Bregman's opinion. To be honest with you, I know they hit the home run uh, against the Angels that flipped that series upside down. But Alex Bregman, in my opinion, does not, at least for what I am measuring and the value that I'm giving, Alex Bregman doesn't need to be involved in that discussion. I'm asking Jose Altuve. Jose Altuve is the face of this franchise. Jose Altuve, once he gets the counting numbers and the volume, is going to be the best player in Houston Astro franchise history. Jose Altuve is your face of the franchise. He is the face that runs the place. I'm not, I'm not bringing back Alex Bregman after next year. So Alex Bregman, if I'm Dana Brown, is not somebody that I'm going to. I'm going to Jose Altuve. Jose Altuve is the face that runs the place, and I want Jose Altuve here forever. I'm asking. I'm not asking Bregman. I'm not asking Lance McCullers. I'm not asking Ryan Presley. If Altuve wants to go pick their brain, Jose Altuve can do that. But the only person that I care about and care about their opinion when it comes to Cody Bellinger is whatever Jose Altuve tells me to do. Yeah, no doubt about it. And look, I would think that Bregman's probably the kind of guy that thinks he should be in on that conversation. Sure is. But I, I think that Alex Bregman has changed a lot in the last couple of years as it relates to this team, as it relates to performance, as it relates to a lot of things. And I think that, you know, I understand where he's coming from, but I also think that he has to understand where this team is coming from. And I think that you don't – I've been in enough situations, both indirectly and directly, working for a team where you don't need too many cooks in the kitchen. You don't need too many opinions in the room. So you need the one unequivocal leader of your squad. And like you said, start it out by saying if you're Dana Brown, hey, we want to bring this to you. If you have a player's council, if you, you know, a lot of teams do that, where they've got you know two or three, five guys that represent, especially on football teams, that represent like the, the player's committee. If you want to take it back in the locker room, kick it around, mm-hmm. go to BP today, kick it around with the guys, come back to us tomorrow and let me know. Is there an issue? If so, if there's, if you want to tell me who it's with or if certain players spoke up or if you just want to say yay or nay, let me know tomorrow. Yeah, that's it. Like, I mean, you can, you can pick the brain of everybody in that locker room in that clubhouse, Jose, but I'm not calling, I'm not calling Bregman. I'm not calling Lance. I'm sorry, but I'll call Jose Altuve and if Altuve says, well, let me, let me pick the brain of the guys. Okay. Get back to me tomorrow. If Jose Altuve tells me, yeah, trade for him, done. I don't even have to wait for the next day. He's the only opinion that should matter. What do you think? 713-780-ESPN, the HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. Ron Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. Uh, I'm Ron Burgundy. He's at Pac-Man Joel on Twitter. I'm at Jeremy Branham. Also, let's. what would it cost for Cody Bellinger? What would it cost for Marcus Stroman? See if we can make a deal with the resident uh, Chicago guy and Joe George. 713-780-3776. The Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. A move that you should be making in your life. We're talking about moves the Astros should make. But if you're a business owner, one move that you need to do is get in business with HRP. Mike Hawley, U of H, class of 1990, by the way. He's been protecting the interests of businesses for nearly 25 years, just like he used to protect a Heisman Trophy winner. HRP provides comprehensive human capital management management services, including HR compliance, benefits administration, payroll. HRP will work with you to customize a plan for whatever you need. There's nothing cookie cutter about HRP. You need a little bit of help, 
You need a lot of help. Anything in between, HRMP will create a plan for what you and your business needs. Also, their customer service is second to no one. Uh, it isn't a stranger on the other side of the line. You'll be calling someone that is familiar with you, familiar with your company. I can speak to that customer service. Anytime I have a question, quick response, easy to understand, and I have lots of questions. Let HRMP take on the demands of human resources. Eliminate your HR burden so you can get back to growing your business or spending time on the golf course. Give them a call at 281-880-6525. Let HRMP customize a plan for you 281-880-6525 or check them out at hrp.net that's hrp.net all teams covered no stalking points necessary you're back with the killer bees on 97.5 and 92.5 live from the veritex community bank studios Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN uh, 92.5. So there's been talks. The Astros being interested in Cody Bellinger. I'm saying Altuve's the only guy you need to ask. Eric the Driver, I don't want that hypocrite on the team, and I feel a good number of fans don't want him on the team. But if Altuve and I say Bregman as well give the okay, then I'd be okay with Bellinger on the team at the right price. Do we think Bregman's going to be here longer than next season? Like, why are we asking Bregman? I think there's a chance. I'm not going to say he's not. I'm not going to rule it out. I'm not going to say it's not possible. But I'm, I, at this point, it's not probable because just the way I see it as an outsider looking in, I think he's going to want way more than the Astros are willing to give. And I think the Astros are right for thinking that and taking that approach because we've seen too many Manny Machados and third basemen that are getting these $300 million deals that for sure would entice a guy like him to think, well, I should be next in line or close to it. But then when you just dig down into the stats and you look at it, how he's fallen off and how he continues to go up and down, he has his hot moments like he's on or like he did the other night with the four-hit game and, and the big home run. But at the same time, we also know that he's capable at any time of falling off again for a period of time, a week, two weeks, a couple of games here and there. And he's not close to the numbers and the output that a Manny Machado gives. So if he or and or his agent want to go and explore the market, you just basically have to encourage him to do that and you can leave the caveat of, hey, go out there, test the market, see what you can get. If you get a good offer, bring it back to us. We'll talk. At that point, it's going to end up being probably something that he doesn't want to hear or basically set, sums up the relationship and says, it's been nice knowing you. It's been a great run. We're not interested in doing that for that many years and that amount of money. If that's what you want to do with them, we can't fault you. If you want to stay, this is what we were thinking. Austin says Altuve should be the authority on Bellinger. What would we give up? On a different note, King Tuck would not be an Astro for much longer. I'm going to enjoy Kyle Tucker for this year and the next two. I'm kind of sick of these pay-the-man conversations when he's two and a half years away from free agency. And I also disagree with any player getting a 10-year, $300 million contract. I wouldn't pay Shohei Otani. That's how strongly I feel about those types of contracts. But this is also how a well-run organization becomes a not-so-well-run organization overnight. Because you can do a lot of things right, and you can basically follow your plan to a T of not doing contracts and length and, and amounts of money in a certain way, and basically doing it not to the level of what we talked about previously with the A's and the Rays and having to be conservative. You've gone out and, and, and took a, a big swing a couple of times when you needed to, but overall you've kept it, with, kept it within the reins of doing what you know are in your limitations. You break out and do something like this, and just one time it goes wrong, and it can handcuff you for a long time and set back any aspirations you have of continuing this run. Facts. All right, Joe's going to play Trade Simulator for us. We were just talking during the break how much we hate that player value side. It's stupid. Uh, but Joe's a Cubs fan. Joe likes the Cubs. They're his National League team. Um, 
Which the Brewers are Blankers National League team. I don't know why. Y'all hate each other. Y'all have teams and divisions and, and oh, don't multiple get teams. Uh, I hate really, Joe, period. Yeah, Joel hates me. Uh, there's, I don't think there is that animosity between the Brewers and the Cubs, no? personally. Uh, there was a lot more. Yeah, there, it's like, still there because of like the fans that want to go to the games and, yeah, and all it's that. It's more like a mutual hate for the Cardinals. <laughs> I also get why the Brewers hate Cubs fans. Because Astros hate the Cardinals, too. When the Brewers sell their tickets before a season starts, they have to limit their sales to zip codes, so that way all the Cubs fans don't buy all the tickets. <laughs> Which is true. That's yeah. absolutely true. But like, I think it's a mutual hate for the Cardinals. It's kind of like... Were you yeah, it's, friend it's of less, a... It's less hate for the Brewers because everyone hates the Cardinals. An enemy of an enemy is a friend type yeah. of deal? I think Brewer fans hate the Cubs. Probably. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any doubt about it. I'm not as big a Brewer fan as people think I am. I mean, I grew up a Brewers fan, and you know, and I, I obviously followed everything that they did for years and years. And just this being my adopted home, I've also adopted the Astros years and years ago, and 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 I've been a big Astros fan. Now, if you want to say, are they my National League team? Sure, I keep an eye on them. Sure, I mean, for the sake of all my friends back home and my family, I'd like to see them do well. I hate their manager because he was my arch rival in high school, but I mean, overall. Okay, I follow them. Craig Council still the manager there. Yeah, what do you? What I, do you I don't get, know. Like, you know what? Hundred off of you? I guess he's no. By the way, he was like five three in high school. So seven hundred against you? No, sorry. Seven go, for go, ten. Yeah, four go bombs. Check the numbers. Not even close. Where he, can he, I check them? I would love to check might, the numbers. He might have hit a bomb in <laughs> wiffle ball. Um, the, but he's he's telling people that he might want a, a bigger, better opportunity next year. See ya. Do you think he's going to get that anywhere else? Probably not. I don't think so. So what's it going to cost us for Bellinger and Stroman, Joe George? All right, so at first I went to this trade value site, but it sucks. It's brutal. It's awful. Anybody um, that uses that citing it needs to just stop doing just that. Just for example, this website claims that Jake Myers has double the value of Cody Bellinger and Marcus Stroman combined. Yeah, it's absurd. That's a problem. So you're saying that you could get, with that trade value side, you could get Cody Bellinger, Marcus Stroman, and prospects yeah, for Jake need, Myers. Get, yeah, for yeah. Jake Myers. <laughs> it also says Jose Altuve is a negative value. That's a stupid website. Yeah. You can say Jose Abreu is negative value, but as soon as Altuve is negative value, your website's very broken. All right, so Jake Myers, Pedro Leon, Spencer Aragetti. Ooh, that's a, that's a good offer. That's a good, so you're getting both of them. You're getting Bellinger for and both Stroman? those guys. But, so I'm giving up Arigetti, Le, Leon, and who was and Jake Myers. And Jake Myers. I, I have no issue trading Jake Myers. Um, yeah, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. You're giving up all that for two rentals? I'm I'm concerned that Pedro Leon's not going to be an everyday regular. Like I don't I really don't see Pedro Leon being an everyday starter in the major leagues. Like his contact rate's not good enough. He's got power. He's got speed. I think he's kind of similar to like a Jose Siri type. Like I think he's going to be a fourth star, like a fourth outfielder. Maybe he gets some spot starts, things like that. I'm not as high on Pedro Leon as a lot of people because he doesn't have great contact, and I value great contact. Jake Myers, to me, is blocked now in the Astros organization. He he's your backup center fielder. Chaz McCormick takes priority on my center field depth chart over Jake Myers. And then if you even if you want to like throw in a prospect, I have more value in Drew Gilbert than I do Jake Myers. So if I'm looking at organizational center fielders, I have Chaz and Gilbert ahead of Jake Myers. So I have sure. no issue no. trading Jake at all. Well, now, Arigetti, to me, is the biggest the biggest one there because I think that that guy's a rotational starter, he's a starter yeah. for the next five years. Now, I think he's a bottom half of the rotation starter, not a top half of the rotation starter. Shouldn't that be the factor? Because you already have enough of those. Because you've got guys that you, you're trying to figure out what Arcidi's still going to be. You're going to have Garcia coming back. You're going to have Belak and Blanco as possibilities. You've got Brown and you've got France. So you've got a logjam of starting pitching too. So if that's a guy, it's just, is this the kind of trade that you want to 
to use him for because I believe the same thing that Corey Lee is now blocked because of Yiner's emergence. Mm-hmm. I, I think that Corey Lee is a nice kind of uh, a, a, a bait that you can dangle out there to try and land a big fish. I don't want to land a big fish on a, on a short-term deal to where Corey Lee goes on and, and you know our organization can flourish with him for years and years, and you're getting a guy on a rental that goes away in an, another three, four months, and I don't think you've got enough for a Corey Lee. Yeah, I'm doing that. I'm making that trade, and I'm not usually a guy that trades for rentals either. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm probably a little bit of a prospect hugger, to be completely honest with you. I think I'm closer be, to being a prospect hugger than I am sell the farm for players. In fact, I think that usually between the two of us, I, I'm more of a prospect hugger than you are. I think that's fair to say. Would you yeah, say that's fair that's to fair. say? Yeah. So like I, I'm pro prospects. I don't like trading for rentals, and that's that's the danger of this is that you're trading for two guys that are probably not going to be Astros beyond the 2023 season. A high likelihood they're not Astros after the 2023 season. Now, I think a lot's going to have to play out in the final three months of the year. If, if they get Stroman and Stroman you know, turns it on and looks really, really good, mm-hmm. and the fact that you don't know what you're going to get out of McCullers, you don't know if Javier's going to straighten everything out, you, you're waiting on a Garcia to come back, you're, you're trying to figure a lot of things out. Stroman might really like it here, and if he performs really well, that's a guy that I'd be interested. I would entertain a conversation sure. of, of keeping him. Absolutely entertaining that. But Stroman begged to stay in Chicago, and they couldn't give him what he wanted, and he's going to be 33 years old next season. So, like, I don't know. I don't know what his demands are But if he's willing to, to sign, like, a three-year deal. But if you're making that trade, you have to make that trade with the assumption that neither one is oh, yeah. back next year. It's just, like, it's just like the trade you made a year ago with Mancini and Vasquez. You have to go in... Uh, with the complete assumption they're gone at the end of the year. They're rentals. If completely. they like it and yeah. all of a sudden you have a conversation and, and it really kind of starts to take shape that they might take a little less or they want to stay here and you want you really like how they fit in, then maybe you can, as an afterthought, work on something you weren't expecting. Exactly. But you can't, you can't no. count on those Because guys. if Stroman if Stroman likes it here and you go, hey, we'll give you $50 million for two years. Okay, I'm interested in well, that type of deal. So that's what he just had. It was a three-year deal uh, for $71 million. He's in the second year of it. Next year's a player option for 21. Yeah. Like, would he just do another three-year, $70 million deal? See, three years is tough because he's going to be 33. So you're looking at 33, 34, 35. That's, that's tough. Yeah. Like, I'd be way more interested in a two-year deal. But again, like Abreu, if it's you, you want a two, but to get him, you got to go three. And maybe you, bat, you front load it to where it's not as expensive in the final year, mm-hmm. I'm still entertaining that because I think that it's still below market value for a guy that has the kind of stuff that he has. He could be your third starter, second or third starter, and I don't and I don't think you, you would hurt be you would hurt yourself. No, I'd be I'd be interested to, the third year is gonna be tough for me, but again, like we're talking trade deadline, you're trading for two rentals when you're trading for Bellinger and Stroman. It's a different the conversation changes once the season's See, over. But I mean, Eric, that's I think that's a fair offer. I really do. I think that's a fair offer, but I'm making that that trade if I'm the Astros. See, and it's the difference between the two players. I don't think there's gonna be any interest either way in bringing Bellinger back for the long haul. Because Bellinger's trying to do a a, a earn it deal. He's, and he's a Boris guy. He's an earn it, prove it deal. Right, he 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 has to make sure that everybody realizes he's not what he was his last couple of years in L.A. He started the season really well in Chicago, and then he got hurt here, and he's been struggling and you know and scratching and clawing to get back. In the short term, you're taking that shot. No one's going to disagree with that. In the long term, he's looking for big money and a lot more years than you want to give. And there's still going to be enough that you say, hey, thanks for the memories, but we're not doing this for the commitment of more than just three months. I wonder mm-hmm. though if it would take a fourth player. 
I think so. hey, probably because in theory, like if you're the if you're from the Cubs perspective, uh-huh. you could trade Stroman to the Astros for two prospects. You could trade Bellinger to the Giants for two prospects, and they might be the same level of guys. So, like, I wonder if it would take a fourth player like a Corey Lee. Doesn't doesn't it doesn't it actually depend on competition? Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's the seller's market. Right. So I think that they're going to get more than what I think they are going to get a lot more than that. Like if you're selling this trade deadline, you're going to get appreciated value. The value is going to it's going to take a little bit more to trade for players this deadline than like in past deadlines because there's a ton of buyers and there's very few sellers. Uh, the prodigal Vaughn, if we're talking trades, what's your Forrest Whitley plan? I don't think Forrest Whitley no. has any value right now. My Forrest Whitley plan is I, I hope he gets back healthy and that he can be my last member of the big league bullpen next year. He is your he is your more big picture version of what we've done with Brantley this season. Like you don't expect anything from him. He's mm. completely out of the plans. He's completely out of the mix. Yep. However, Next year, I mean, in the off season and into next year, if he shows he's fully healthy, if he shows he's still got you know good good fastball and good stuff, then if he somehow and has a great camp and a great spring, like you said, you could find he's your Blanco almost, where you could yep. find a position in the bullpen, and then if Dana Brown likes his stuff and says maybe we stretch him out, then maybe he's your last ditch insurance policy like Blanco was this year to try and find another arm that's a possibility, yep. but he's not a probability, he's not penciled in, and to your point. There is no value across the league for a guy that's been dinged up, injured, and and suspended with everything that he's got in his past. He, no value, I, I believe, for Forrest Whitley. I am not having any hopes for Forrest Whitley, but if a Whitley falls in the forest and he makes the big league bullpen on opening day 2024, cool. Fine. Pleasant surprise. Like, do you think anyone, like when the Astros are having trade conversations, says, hey, we'll, we'll take Forrest Whitley? I think if he's a throw-in sweetener, I think that some teams could be attracted to that. Like, could he but he's the, not headlining like, a trade. Could he be the fourth player in this deal? Like Aragetti, Leon, Myers, Whitley for Bellinger, Stroman? Bellinger and Stroman are kind of top of the market, so probably not this specific deal. But I could see a team that's like on – like they would do the trade, but they're asking just for a little bit more to feel a little bit better. Honestly, And like, they're like, yeah, throw in a Forrest Whitley as a sweetener. And, and I, I think that a team could because he does have talent. If sure I, As a Cubs fan, like if it was this deal and they said – Throwing Whitley, yeah, I would probably do it because like, the one player I don't want in this deal is Jake Myers. At best, Forrest is a throw-in sweetener. He's not somebody headlining a trade. I think Jake Myers has some value around baseball because he is such a good defensive center fielder. Look at Kevin Kiermeyer. Look what he just signed with with Toronto. Look, Tampa Bay they they valued Jose Siri because of his defense. Now he's hitting some tanks for him too. A lot, but Jake Myers is going to have value around Major League Baseball because he is a very good defensive center fielder. Yeah, and that it's a premium defensive position. See, that's what I was going to say, Joe. I understand you're not interested because you've seen too much of Jake. But I think there are still enough teams in Major League Baseball that are interested in a defensive minded outfielder like Jake who from time to time can get a, a, a home hit up, hits with some pop, do some things for you, that, and is young enough that they feel like you can still mold, and similar to Miles Straw with probably more upside in a lot of people's minds, that teams are going to be interested in. Yeah, I think he like definitely gets you a good bullpen arm. Forrest? Uh, no, uh, Myers. If you, oh, say yeah, that, I think so. if you say that they, like if the Cubs say throw in Whitley, do you have a loogie, or is there someone else on that roster that the Astros could counter and say, well, then throw in Not that this a, team a pen wants. arm or something? I mean, they have Michael Fulmer, who was just a joke the first half of the season. Wasn't he with Detroit? But like, he's been better the last like month or two. I don't think it's that Fulmer. I mean, no, you know, it, it is. Is it, it the is? Fulmer that was oh, the top yeah. prospect? He's yeah, like, that he used was to be their, a top prospect. He was their closer to start the season. They had this Alberto. He was uh, a starter coming up. Alzale, 
but he's he's their closer of the future. Like he's probably like one of their only untouchable pieces. I think when we put together the killer bee trade list, I think the only two Cubs that we liked were those were, two were Bellinger yeah. and uh and Stroman. Well, I'm just saying when you start expanding the deal and starting to say, Well, if Whitley's a throw in, well then if- Oh, we had Kyle Hendricks. Yeah, I that's mean, too like, much for a throw-in, though. That's two starters. Yeah, yeah. you're not. It's not going to be a throw-in loogie. No, I, I think they'll make three separate deals. I think it's going to be hard pressed to get two for one. Astros for the Cubs. for the Cubs. For the Cubs, I think it's. I think it's likely for the Astros too. Yeah, seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. What are your deadline dreams? Uh, last year, almost on this exact date, I went back and looked. Last year, July twentieth, we had the Killer B top ten quarterback list. The Killer QBs. Well, what is our top 10 this year? We have a new voter. Maybe Joe George threw us for a complete loop. Who are the Killer Bees' top 10 quarterbacks, the Killer QB list, entering the 2023 season? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Before we go to the break, tell you about the good people at Apollo Men's Health. Look, if you're struggling, even though it's hot outside and you think you should be you know, shedding pounds and working out, but you just can't get your mind motivated to go do those kind of things, have you heard about semi-glutide? Because it is sweeping the nation. It's FDA approved that it could have you losing up to six pounds a week. And that could be a big difference maker for you when you start getting those pounds to add up. And you don't even have to hit the gym. Apollo Men's Health has all the answers. They have all the semi-glutide, and they can explain to you how it works and what you need to do. Check them out today. I need you to go to the website, ApolloMH.com, and check out all the services they offer because aside from losing weight with semi-glutide, if you want to get in the gym and get in a workout program or recover because you are working out and recover quicker, stuff for your smoothies, or all the different ways people are getting more energy on a daily basis by coming there, men and women both, to get all the information and sign up for all the different ways they can do hormone therapy, B12 shots, and other things that can give you more energy on a day-to-day basis, you go to Apollo Men's Health. The website, ApolloMH.com. Check them out. Sign up for your first appointment. When you do, you'll find out most major insurance is accepted, and there's discounts for military personnel and first responders. Mention my name, Joel Blank, a free B12 shot or body composition analysis on your first official visit. But go in, tell them where you're struggling, tell them how you'd like to fix it. They'll tell you how they have that plans that work. They'll set you up on a program. They'll get you the results you need. They're good people doing great things on a daily basis. Go see my friends at Apollo Men's Health. Welcome back, Houston. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. We'll get to our the uh, the Killer QBs, our top 10 list in 30 seconds. 8029, Bellinger would have to publicly apologize to the players, organization, and fans. That's the side of the conversation we didn't have. I completely agree. If you're trading for Bellinger, his first comment to the city of Houston, I got carried away. I'm sorry. I disagree. Uh, I think that his first, the most important thing is that there's a conversation and a lot of what happened kind of without Osuna being involved in it, in this time it would involve Cody Bellinger. It would be the first time he sets foot on Astros ground in the clubhouse, at home, wherever it is. There's a team meeting. And the team meeting is he addresses the team and he basically can apologize and also say, hey, look, you know, we're all different now. Those guys are gone. I'm in a different situation. I just want to help you guys win. I don't want there to be any bad blood. If he clears that air, he's good with me. Now, in his press conference, he doesn't have to apologize, but he has to say something similar about the fact that, you know, did I go too far? Is there regret to some degree? Yes. I don't think he has to full-blown apologize, and asking a grown man that's a professional athlete to do that is always a very dicey situation. But I think the most important thing is as long as he addresses his teammates and everybody in that locker room is cool, I think he's done enough. 
Yeah. I I think publicly, though, the fans need to hear my bad. They, yeah, they just need to hear a little bit of remorse. Yeah, they need remorse. Uh, agony on Twitter. <laughs> I need more agony in my life. Uh, would you use jokes in a trade while his value is as high as it is, may ever get, or do you think he's actually as good as he's played? I think that Jokes is more valuable to the Astros than he has value around baseball. I'm not sure that Major League Baseball finds a left fielder only in his late 20s that is all that valuable to them. Like, that's the thing. He's not young. You know, he's in his his late 20s. I think that the Astros hold Jokes in higher regard than any of these sellers would hold Corey Jokes. I think you're right. I I think, again, there's a a misconception out there that – because this is his first year in big league baseball, that he is 2021-22, and that you know he's someone that the Astros are going to be able to have and build with for a long period of time. We've seen this before. We get young guys on the and older guys on the on the scene, and the first year they take the world by storm. Now, that's a death sentence if suddenly you decide to wrap them up and you miss. It's another way that you can handcuff a franchise that's handled a lot of things really well. You are ecstatic with what he's been able to give you this year. Yeah, he's been he's been a huge surprise to everybody. And you're frankly. encouraged that you know he could possibly continue to do that. But that doesn't mean he's untradeable. That doesn't mean that you know th- there's not op- because again, like you said, you're not internally weighing this th- the way a lot of fans are, which is because of his age, because of the fact that no matter how good he is, you basically have him labeled as a guy that's just one of the guys on the squad. So you're not going to overvalue him and hold back. If someone wants him and comes to go get him, I think you listen. 713-780-ESPN. Uh, the HRP listener line. 713-780-3776. This is our second annual Killer B Top 10 Quarterbacks. Top 10 Killer QBs in the NFL. Uh, we voted. This is your regular like AP-style form, like voting, college football. You get... You know, points for being first. We had a top 10 list, so first place got 10 points. 10th place got one point. How do we want to do this? Do we want to unveil these 1 through 10 or 10 through 1? 10 through 1. 10 through 1. I've um, I've had a take that I feel... start with 11? <laughs> do we start with 11? We can. Uh, yeah. So we, we only voted on 11 quarterbacks. Between the three of us, we each submitted our own top 10 list. Mm-hmm. Between the three of us, only 11 quarterbacks got a vote. I'm interested. Well, I'm interested who the 11th was. Uh, I think that the it was ele- not Justin Fields. The guy no. <laughs> who was 11th, I think, should be in the top 10. So, I mean, I just tipped my hand. I'm the one who put him on here. Um, or he didn't make the top 10. I struggled. With- Number 11 was Kirk Cousins. I struggled with 9, 10, 11. Here's, here's my take. I f- this is going to sound silly. I feel like there's only eight top ten quarterbacks in the NFL. I know that sounds silly because, yes, ten equals ten. But I feel like whenever we talk about top ten caliber quarterbacks, I honestly feel like there's only eight top ten caliber quarterbacks. Completely agree. Because I think nine through, like, 14 are all interchangeable, and I think they could have arguments for all of them. I voted for Kirk Cousins. I had him ninth on my list. Whenever we added it all up, he didn't make the top ten. Kirk Cousins was our only honorable mention. He finished 11th, which, I mean, Kirk Cousins, all he does is put up nearly 4,000-yard passing seasons. Regular so tons seasons. of touchdowns. And Yeah, but there's other guys on this list that have, don't exactly have great postseason success anyway, either. So Kirk's number 11. Number 10, which I this is my biggest – actually, I'm going to – we'll save our takes for the next segment, but we'll just unveil the top 10. Right. Number 10 is Dak Prescott. Number nine is Deshaun Watson, former Houston Texan. Great. Number eight, Trevor Lawrence. Number seven, Lamar Jackson. We had a tie for fifth. 
between Justin Herbert and Aaron Rodgers, that old man. We had a tie for third between Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. Our number two, because he spent some time in an elevator with yours truly, is Joe Burrow. And number one, no secret here, right. is Patrick Mahomes. So Mahomes, Burrow, top two. Allen Hurts tied for third. Herbert Rodgers tied for fifth. Lamar seventh. Lawrence eighth. Watson ninth. Prescott 10th. Where did the killer bees go wrong? Where do we think we went wrong? 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Basketball is in season. We just saw the Summer League. We saw a guy win a Summer League MVP. College basketball is right around the corner. We're going to start seeing some college basketball international trips soon. We're going to see some college basketball scrimmages soon. The NBA is right around the corner as well. So you need to get a basketball goal from Pro Dunk. They have the best basketball goals that you'll find, better than anything in the big box stores. Tempered glass backboard, breakaway rim, rust-proof, stainless steel hardware, and it's height adjustable. Anywhere from 5 feet to 10 feet. You want to show off and throw down some jams, flex by doing a 360? We'll lower the goal down to five feet or seven feet or wherever and throw down some jams. Maybe you want to work on your shot. You have a kid or a loved one that wants to work on their shot. Raise it up to 10 feet if they're working on their game. Also, their accessories are next level. Stop me if you've heard this before. It is hot in Houston during the summer. So get an LED light kit so you can play at night whenever it cools down, when the sun is gone. Backstop nets. You don't have to chase the basketball around. Pole pad lettering and lots, lots more. You can order everything online at ProDunk.com, including, my favorite part, Professional installation. If you're not great with a hammer, you're not great with a level, let the pros at ProDunk do all of the work for you. They'll professionally install your goal perfectly high, perfectly high, perfectly straight. It'll be level as can be. You don't install. Let the pros at ProDunk do all of the work for you. Give them a call at 281-351-9822 and visit ProDunk.com. That's ProDunk.com. Hey, Houston, you're live in the hive with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. So our top 10 list, quarterbacks, Killer killer QBs, Mahomes 1, Burrow 2, Allen and Hurts tied for 3rd, Herbert and Rodgers tied 5th, Lamar 7th, Lawrence 8th, Watson 9th, Prescott 10th, 2598. Here's here's the problem with criticizing the the rankings. He says Lamar's too low. Okay, well tell us who he should be ahead of. We, we like to have those conversations. Like if Lamar's too low, who who should he be ahead of? Are you putting Lamar ahead of Rodgers? I didn't. Wouldn't. Are you putting Lamar ahead of Herbert? I didn't. Wouldn't. Hurts. Allen. Burrow. Mahomes. I didn't. Wouldn't. See when I look at all of this, and you guys also factor in the fantasy football side of this, but I, I just, did not. I did not. Okay, because sometimes you guys do, right? I think like a normal conversation. Like if we're factoring right. in fantasy football, I would have had Fields in my top ten. I just think that Lamar gets better grades from me because of his rushing ability. I think that when you think about Allen, when you think about Hurts, when you think about guys that are not bad quarterbacks in any stretch of the imagination, but they enhance their value on this list because of their ability to run just like Mahomes extends plays, these guys extend drives by the way that they run and the way they get yards. And so uh, that's why I kind of factored it in into my dis- – and I also factored in who they're throwing to. They can be the greatest quarterback on the planet, and if they don't have good receivers and a good offense, they're not going to be highly rated and they're going to struggle. That's part of the reason why Dak still made my list is the fact that Dak Prescott just added a pretty damn good receiver that Texans fans know pretty well – 
to a, a, a C.D. Lamb and to a situation where they're in the NFC and they're going to prosper a whole lot. And they're going to, he's going to have big numbers. So I think that's why he still made my list. This was tough because... I, I think that Dak being in the top 10 is my biggest take of he should not be in the top 10. I didn't 10. want to put him there. I'll be honest. Dak was not in my top 10. He, he, he was out for me. I had Cousins ninth. I was the only one that voted for Cousins. If you're looking at Cousins and Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins is better than Dak Prescott, at least when you talk about last season. Dak Prescott got hurt, didn't play in every single game. But Dak Prescott last year, 2,900 yards, 66% completion percentage. Kirk Cousins, 4,500 yards, 66% completion percentage. Dak Dak Prescott led the NFL in interceptions. Kirk Cousins won 13 games. Maybe it's because I'm watching the quarterback on Netflix. I think we underrate Kirk Cousins because he's overpaid, to be completely honest. It's, it's the primetime prime record. He's below 500. I think he's underachieved. He's 11 and Has 8. Has Dak not, though? No. I, again, hear 100%. what I'm saying. I, don't, I didn't want to put Dak in my top 10. That's why there's not 10 top 10 quarterbacks. Yeah, and I'm not <laughs> basing everything off of what Dak did last year. What I'm basing it is... McCarthy's going to run a more conservative system. He's got a, a, he's got extra weapons to throw to, and I believe that he's got enough around him with a McCarthy system that I've seen before in Green Bay to where he's going to get numbers this year different than what he did under See, Kellen Moore. I'm on the opposite end of that. I, I think that the Cowboys are going to be the biggest disappointment and failure in the NFL this season. I think they took a step back when you're talking about offensive success. I think Kellen Moore is a far superior offensive coordinator than Mike McCarthy is going to be. I think Dak even takes a step back in 2023. I don't disagree with what you said. I think Kellen Moore in today's football with, the right, with a different quarterback mm-hmm. is – perfect for today's NFL. I think Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy are a better match. And I don't think Mike McCarthy is a great play caller. And I think Mike McCarthy is closer to Bill O'Brien. But I think that might be exactly what's best for Dak. Because if Dak doesn't try to overthink and do too much, which I think after the injuries and everything else, he's not capable of doing anyway, and he just relies on the Brandon Cooks and the C.D. Lambs and the way the plays are supposed to play out and the, and the dump off the balls out of the backfield... I think that aside from playing the Eagles twice, I think that, again, regular season. I don't expect, and I, I poo-pooed on it the minute it came out, that they're either the, the Cinderella story or the sexy pick for the Super Bowl. I think they're going to get in the playoffs. And I think Dak and the offense is going to pile up yards, junk yards, a lot. I mean, we all have the way that we vote for different reasons. Sure. And I, I think that like this is like a very nuanced, nitpicky argument because it's fun. Now, you did have Dak ahead of Deshaun. It was, to me, it was... It was- Pick, pick your, yeah, uh, pick half your a poison one way. Because honestly, I'll be, I'll be real honest with you. I wanted to find a way to put Tua in there, but he just can't stay healthy. And I know that he's got great receivers to throw to, and he's going to get yeah. a, a ton of yards off those guys. Almost, I just can't rely on him to I be there all year. To find a way he to almost keep retired. Lamar. I wanted to find a way to keep Lamar out entirely from your top ten. Come just, on, man. Now the, the he, had, he is, had Lamar eighth of the three of us. Yeah, Joe I, had Lamar the lowest. lowest. I, I had Trevor Lawrence ahead of Lamar. I just to me the running game is like it's not as effective as it once was. See, I don't think they're going to run with Lamar as much. I think the whole like, idea of the new OC you know they just they're going to throw the ball of receivers. More. Yep, they yeah. just gave him a boatload of receivers. Great. Then I want him lower. I just he hasn't shown that he has that consistency throwing. I know he hasn't had great weapons, but he doesn't now either. He has Zay Flowers and uh, Odell Beckham Jr. He's got Bateman coming back. Yeah, like, J.K. Dobbins nothing. should be healthy. Mark Andrews is the second best like, tight end in, in the theory, league. Yeah, Dobbins is going to help a lot. I don't know if it's second best. See, but actually, then, like, his, his skill position players have never been better. Agreed. I agree. 
This but is the best skill he's good. ever had. Now that's that's a fair. Like both things can be true. Both yeah. things can be true because this is the most skill he's ever had in my. And I'm also bullish on Zay Flowers, so maybe I have a Zay Flowers bias here because I think Zay Flowers is going to be great. Like, and then with Dak, where I, I struggle with him is that he's got Russell Wilson, Robert Griffin the Third syndrome, where he thinks that he's better than he is, and he wants to run an offense that he can't run. They showed it last year when they went three and one with Cooper Rush. That if the Dallas Cowboys just ran the damn football consistently yep. and Cooper Rush didn't turn the ball over, they'd win football games. They nearly beat Jalen Hurts and the Eagles on Sunday night. And then like if so, if Dak just would let them run the ball, and now they haven't paid Tony Pollard, and Zeke is gone and washed anyways. Like they brought the little guy in, Deuce Vaughn. But like if they don't run the ball effectively, Dak's not a good quarterback. Same thing with Russell Wilson, and like that's where I struggled with him. We didn't even think about Russ. Like Russ, no, I did. No, did you, you, you I did thought about him, about him I and I was like, I got, I got, I got bit in the ass last year when I when I put Russ on my list because I did not expect him to fall off the planet like he did. Now Sean Payton may have all these different tricks up his sleeve, and he may be the you know the the what we'll call it the the Star Wars answer to. to Figuring out Luke Skywalker and where are you going? <laughs> what's the? Is it a sensei or the master? I thought you were going to say master quarterback. To where, or, yeah, well, that too. I mean, whatever, whatever <laughs> you, you really want to call it. Because like Darth Vader was like just, yeah. Luke's dad, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to jump in because I wanted to see how far you were going. <laughs> well, go. I mean, it's one. Of, I, I couldn't think of it. Honestly, at the time. I was just kind of surprised to hear Joel with the Star Wars. <laughs> I know wrestling. that's yeah. what got me I didn't off know, guard. I didn't know you had that in your bag at and all. And I also don't know anything about Star Wars. So I was like, maybe he's getting somewhere. No, I mean, maybe he is that guy for Russ. But I think even if he kind of resurrects some form of Russ, yeah. I don't expect it to be top 10-ish. I struggled most with I think he can Tua, cut the top 10, maybe. And then because of the division again, and Carr in that situation in New Orleans, if he has all his weapons, that was the other guy like at 12. That was the guy that I'm... Statistically, he might yeah, be there. I was going between Deshaun, Dak, Carr, and Tua and going, I, I'm trying to find a way to put to see who sorts themselves out there, and I just don't know about any of the four. Jedi, Jedi Master. There you go. Jedi Master. You go. Thank you, King, Fap King. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I just... I, Big C's trying to make the case right now for Derek Carr because he's a, he's he's a, a who-dad homer. Yep. Yeah. But would you be making that case if he was still in Vegas? I mean, last year, I think... He had they, a lot of weapons last, last year. Last year? Was he top 10 last year? He was right on the brink, I think. Like, he was very close a year ago. It's kind of weird, too, that the whole reason why Devontae Adams was going there to play with Carr and play with his best buddy and his college roommate. Yeah. And one year later, you know, Carr's in New Orleans, and obviously everybody thought that Adam Adams just underachieved. So the situation just completely went south real quick. But he had a lot of weapons last year. He should have been better, but I think that's as much on the head coach as anything else. I think where like this list got tricky too for me is that like when you look at like Chris Sims obviously does his top forty every year and typically it's filled with like, flaming hot takes. Yeah. But like he still has Matt uh, Matt Stafford still appears in a lot of these lists and I just he didn't play well. He was so banged up. I just it feels like it was one hit wonder that final time. Yeah. But then a name that like Sims had in that I saw in a couple other lists was Danny Dimes. Mm-hmm. Like and Daniel Jones, like he played well last year, but like if we're talking about Daniel Jones, if anyone has him in the top 10 list in the NFL, there's a quarterback problem. But with no Barkley... I think, I think we have a quarterback problem, though. Yeah, with no Barkley and weapons eight. at receiver that are probably less than a year ago for Danny Dimes, I think he's greatly diminishing any chance except for his rushing yards, and I even still think that he's not going to get enough to make a difference. But he had a better year than Dak. He had a better year than Deshaun. He did, and he won a playoff game. Yeah, he's got to have Barkley, though. 
Uh, yeah. If he doesn't have Barkley, they're so That's screwed. what I'm saying. Six, eight, four, key from L.A., Matt Stafford, top ten. No way. I can't put Matt I thought Stafford about it. in the top ten. Aside from Cooper Cup, he doesn't he's, – he's, he's also hurt. He's on the back nine. He can't stay healthy, and all he's got is Cooper Cup. I, I'm sorry. I just – I couldn't put him. Eight, five, nine, six. I think the Texans and Browns, Deshaun, will crap the bed, and the Texans will have two top five picks in the first round next year. They, don't, they only have one. It was hard to put Deshaun in the top ten. He looked it was absolutely terrible. Jeremy this, and I have had this conversation I back had and him, forth. You had him ninth. Yeah. Lakers and I had him tenth each. I, I expect Deshaun Watson to be much better than he showed last year. I think so too, but it's just hard to he go into the season contract. based on projection, like what you saw that he's gonna be a top ten guy, but there is that argument like he deserves to he deserves to be on that list above Matt Stafford, Daniel Jones. I think Dak Prescott, because I had him in front of Dak. Mm-hmm. Like I just, it's just so hard because like he's so much more talented than all those guys. Yep. But he played just so bad. I was harping too on the fact that almost two years off, and and no matter how much you're you're running, guys were running running routes, and you're running and throwing passes against guys that aren't playing in pads and aren't playing any defense, and, and you're not getting hit around and knocked around either. That I'm really wondering if he can get back to the level he was at. Prior to all this mess, seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Let's go out to the HRP listener line. Dell, you're in the hive with the Killer Bees. What's up, Dell? Dell, hey, hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. How y'all doing today? What's up, good, man? Good, good. Hey, uh, I just want to make a comment. I'm gonna get your get your uh, listen to your comments on it, but I want to say that you don't have a top, a true top ten ranking with 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 certain quarterbacks tied like. I would not uh, tie uh, Jalen Hurts with Josh, Josh Allen because yeah. uh, Hurts has gotten his club to the to the Super Bowl. He didn't win it, but he got there. And uh, Josh Allen has not gotten there. Uh, I think you should tweak it and try to get a come up with a true top ten, not a top twelve, because you got a couple. Well, we have ten. We have ten quarterbacks in the top ten. Now there's a tie for third. There's a tie for a fifth. But there's still ten quarterbacks. And the reason there's a tie is because we each had top ten votes, and that's just the way the math turned out. We all had our own individual list. Yeah. So when we don't have twelve quarterbacks in the top ten, we we have ten. But I I think your I think Dell's best point there is well, Jalen Hurts should be higher than Josh Allen. I had him too, didn't I? You had Hurts higher than anybody else. You I had, had you had Hurts second. Joe and I each had Hurts fourth behind Mahomes, Allen, Burrow. Uh, we voted Allen and Burrow a little bit different. Yeah, now, I voted Burrow too. I voted Allen too, but it was very, very tight. Very, very close for me. I just think regardless of what you think about the overall skill sets of any of these quarterbacks not named Pat Mahomes, I think when you look at what Jalen Hurts was able to do with the big step he took forward last year with some of the passes that I saw him throw that I fully thought that I, I was a firm believer he wasn't capable of making, especially in the playoffs, in big moments. And then you look at who he has to throw to and all the weapons he has around him and a really good offensive line. There's no reason to think that it, even if he takes a, a slight half step back, that it's going to be that great, that it can't be completely erased and people talk about the team's busting everybody's butt and he's throwing the ball all over the field and they're putting up, you know, 25, 30 points a game. I just think he's he's set up in an NFC again too where he's going to have another huge year. I don't know if I love getting to the Super Bowl as the like determining factor between Allen and Hurts because the conferences yeah, are much different. And like the Bills were knocking on the door to beat the Chiefs a couple of years ago, just like the Eagles were knocking on the door to beat the Chiefs last year. 713-780-ESPN. Where did we go wrong on the killer 10 QB list? Uh, also, let's look what we had last year and compare it to where we are now. And then 
Are there any quarterbacks that we have our eye on that could be in play for our top 10 list next year? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.